Coming at you live from Colorado, London, and my spare room. I am single. I did get drunk. I did buy Tinder Prime, and I fully regretted it. But yeah, here we go. <laughs> Little Messi drove my nana to drink. Yeah, he sells Hot Wheels out of his jacket. <laughs> I'd like to think that he knew that John Terry was a huge Saturdays fan. And like Campbell's Hot Soup is a, is, a, is a big deal. Pele is Jay from In Between Us. Luigi, don't quit your day job, mate. Who do you think is more handsome? Xavi Lasso. If you say it, say it with chest. Sorry, you just have to guess. Do you want to go to the toilet? You ever seen a baby pigeon? Uh, he's he was good mates with Pablo Escobar, from what oh. I read. Mara who? Sorry, you're a pair of twats. You know that. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Nostalgia FC podcast. Now, if you don't know what it is by now, you'll figure it out pretty quick. Basically, if you ever sat in your classroom and drew a team on a piece of paper with all your favourite players, this is the podcast for you. George, explain to them what we do. Yeah, each episode we will try and get a guest on who will give us their starting 11, their manager, their stadium, their kit, and this can be anyone they want, whether it be football player, someone they play with in school, or just a random fan that sat next to them once. Which has happened. Oh, yeah. Uh, and yeah, and by the way, everyone, in case you've forgotten, uh, we're your hosts. I'm Drew. I'm George. And today we have a very special guest coming at us all the way from Colorado. He's a man by the name of Sebastian North. He has his own podcast called Campfire Football. He does quickfire uh, podcast, reactionary podcasts to all the latest things going on in the world of football. And he's a really great listen. Definitely go check him out, which you're definitely going to want to do after you listen to this podcast. He coaches football teams, super in love with the game of football. So without further ado, let's get the guy on. This is Nostalgia FC. Welcome to the podcast, Sebastian. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm very excited to do this 11. I've listened to a lot of your episodes, so I wanted to bring something different. Just put it out there. Well, I'm looking forward to finding out what that is. Uh, So before we dive into your team, who do you support? Who's your team? Uh, primarily a Chelsea fan, but I, my my father's from Surrey, so and he liked Chelsea in the Jimmy Greaves days. So that's kind of how that started. My mother's from Lille, so big Lille Lusk fan. Very proud of them for winning the title last year. And I live nice. and am raised in Colorado, so Colorado Rapids is the other team. I, I have to have three. Awesome. So then I love that. So then I love that, a question: though. National Times. Are we talking, especially in the World Cup coming up, England, USA, France, who are we saying? Uh, I'm primarily a France fan because there's always been something interesting and and like the players have always been really inspiring. I used to love England until after 98 when I realized that the fans just never were okay with the team and it just got worse and worse. And then the United States, yeah. it's the other side. They Every year, the United States goes to the World Cup thinking, oh, yeah, you know, we, we watched the movie Rocky. We're going to win it this year. That's the way it works. And no, sorry, can it? You're not even going to win it at home, guys. Like, it's not going to happen. I do really, really this like is... the U.S. women's team, but, um, but congrats yeah. as well to the Lionesses for winning the Euros. That was Awesome. Yeah. So a new a, another team. Actually said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Congratulations, like this. Not said that at all. Actually, the the other thing is as well. I don't know. I don't know if you two know this. That was the largest uh, attendance for any Euros final ever, yeah. including men's, which is just insane. With can I also add in with no violence compared to the men's one? What last year, which Bingo. speaks volumes. I think absolutely. And probably like hundreds of drunk bodies just out near Box Park. You know, that's, that's quite yeah. well. Right, one more thing I'm going to ask is there's going to be one game in that World Cup that's going to be a bit of a tear for you. So who are you supporting in the group stages between England and USA? England. Wow. Oh, yeah. No, the USA there can go. go home in the first round for all I care. That's, I need, yeah, I need we to agree say, with that, actually. I work, I work as a coach. I work as a coach in this country. We do not deserve to win the World Cup anytime soon on a cultural level. We still have a lot of work to do. I, I, this is the arrogance that the U.S. team Yeah, but surely, surely you still want to. When, I mean, when we're actually good enough, yes. But to hope that this team of well, sort of hodgepodge players will find a way to win something, <laughs> they're just not good enough yet. And I think that's more the realization people I, have to have. 
I'm going to speak on behalf of myself and Drew because I feel like Drew agrees with me. Even though this Wales team is not good enough in any way, we would absolutely take a fluke win at the World Cup. Hang on a second. What, what do you mean? Have you seen <laughs> Brendan Johnson play football? <laughs> we could get bogged down in the World Cup groups very easily. We want USA and Wales to go through so England get dumped out. That's our that's our goal. That's um, fair. Yeah, that's or maybe totally Iran. Get Iran in. Why not? I mean, the Iran-USA game is going to be tasty. Anyway, right, let's move away from the World Cup. <laughs> so, we're going to start off with your formation. Let's go. Okay, so here's here's how we're going to start. I I feel that I wanted to go with a 3-4-3 to be able to pack in a few more midfielders and forwards, just reduce one defender, because for the theme, it just made more sense. Yeah. So, we'll start with the goalkeeper. Rene Higita. Nice. Most people know this guy as Mr. Scorpion Kick. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This. Uh, so he played for eight Colombian clubs. Pretty unbelievable. Only one season in Europe, and that was at Rio Valladolid. He also scored forty-one goals in his career, which is quite astounding. And if you ever watched the Two Escobars, this is the film that ESPN Thirty for Thirty yeah. did on uh, Andres Escobar's death and then the Pablo Escobar side story you you see that he was part of this generation in 1994 of Colombian players that was completely embedded in a national side that became third in the world before the 94 World Cup but was also completely linked and entrenched with what was going on in Colombia at the time and uh, so I, I just find him he was always he's one of those guys nostalgia I mean this guy's a five-star yeah. 10 he's 10, the guy. 10 nostalgia guy yeah as far as goalkeepers go, he he's he's one of the one of the ultimates. Well, I remember when we um, yeah. did our heroes versus villains uh, episode, and uh, he was absolutely in the villains one for that reason and that reason alone that he was just embedded in the drug cartel. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> well, he's the ultimate chaos well, agent. That whole squad was. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you saw there was the the documentary on Pablo Escobar where the the multiple part series where he was inviting the team to come play at his estate and stuff. And the thing is, in those days, if Pablo Escobar invited you courteously to come play on his pitch, you did not say no, right? So all these players were in a position where they had to kind of like do the thing, yeah, whatever you say, and, say. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. You're not you're not going to turn down uh, Pablo nice Escobar. Giraffe. <laughs> no, I mean it. It does seem that Rene Higuita did get in on the stash when he was playing. Like he had a bit of a, a little tester out before he's doing a scorpion kicking goal. You know, <laughs> that strikes me as something you only really do if you've been hanging out with Pablo pre-match. And instead of like a pre-match orange, he's like, "Yeah, I'll have a pre-match line, no problem." Hey, you know, it's Columbia like... in the eighties. It's hard to it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge. <laughs> hey, no judgment. <laughs> say yeah, that's what he needed to be a world class goalkeeper. Go for it. <laughs> well, and so I guess the question is: Was he a world class goalie, having played for eight Colombian clubs in only one season in Europe? I don't know, but the nostalgia factor of the scorpion kick and the fact that he did score forty goals and he was such a such a figure. Yeah, right? I always find it sad yeah. that Rene Higuita did the scorpion kick. But it was already they'd already blown up for a free kick, so it was just like a free play. So it wasn't like he did it in real yeah. time, which is always a bit of a sad thing to realise. I only found that out recently as well, which is really annoying. And I wish I'd still didn't know that fact. I wish I still yeah. believed in that lived in that fantasy world where I didn't know. So Rene Higuita, yeah, it's an scorpion kick story, is essentially the equivalent like... of Santa Claus for kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's better when you didn't know. Yeah, well, he's 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 one of those guys who, uh, like you said, I think for all these different things, just wonder, wonderful pantomime and also pantomime villain in some ways and hero in others. Great, yeah, great absolutely. stuff. All right, let's go to the back three. Let's go to the back let's three. Go, let's go. Be, this will be fun. All right, uh, left center back. I've gone with Toribo West. So he played for Auxerre, Inter Milan, yeah. uh, Partisan Belgrade, Al-Arabi. And then, and you guys know, I think you guys have talked about this, Plymouth Argyle, uh -huh. he uh, finished his career there. The one thing I know mostly about Terebo West is he's a football manager legend, Terebo West. <laughs> yeah. Football manager thought yeah, he was, was going to be the best his, player uh, ever, which he didn't turn out to be. But... When he was at Inter Milan, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like the go-to guy to sign 
So, I mean, his career is pretty impressive. He was also at Darby County, Kaiser, Kaiser Slaughter, and um, it's, 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 it's a, he's a journeyman. Probably known in, in a lot of ways best for just that appearance that he had in the 90, especially in the 98 World Cup in France. Mr. Chia, which is like the green <laughs> tuft of hair at the top. Yeah, but it was like, if it and like you it said, like he was a guy who hair. there was. Yeah, he did it in my, he, in my he head, it different it like ways. Too, yeah. he? he looked a bit like Coolio at yeah. one stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good shout on Coolio. Yeah. <laughs> Are you seeing Coolio and Saraba West in the same place? I haven't. I, I don't know. Maybe. maybe Maybe their hairstyles. If 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 Coolio went went with the green on the top, he'd actually maybe pass for Teribo West. We'd have to see. Gangsters Paradise <laughs> is actually written on his time in Plymouth Argyle. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, there we go. That's perfect. <laughs> it's funny that was true, but yeah, I, I. I know. But yeah, Teribo West. I think, like you said, iconic green haircut. But he, like, he made a few. Appearance, well, quite a few appearances for a few decent teams, but he did win a gold medal in the Olympics. He did, 1994. Yeah. Which is no mean feat. Alongside Nwankwo Kanu. Ooh. Nice. I like that. Yeah. I didn't know that. See? Nigeria legends. Yeah. Well, a little fun side story on Nwankwo Kanu. I don't know how many people actually know this, but I remember when they won the Olympics. This is 94. I was, I was nine years old at the time, and I read an article that said, that explained the whole story that Kanu had actually gone, he had actually had open heart surgery at one point before becoming a full fledged professional when he was a teenager, I think something like that. That's one for you to Google that that's, that's an interesting one, but he sort of that, that team won the 94 Olympics and it was big because I don't think any African team had won it before. And yeah, Taribo West was in that squad and that was the beginning for a lot of those players to sort of get picked up by teams in Europe and, and be known to all of us in that next era. Wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, Nigeria produced some of the best players out of Africa ever. Like, looking at Akocha, Kanu, some absolutely unbelievable players that have come through, and some actually comical players also, much like Tribo West, actually. But some of them have been like this. But, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Great footballing nation, Nigeria. Right, let's move away. Right, let's go to the next central, one. Cent- central center back, Marcelo Balboa. And I have to look, I'm, I'm from Colorado. I live in Denver. I'm wearing my old school nostalgic Rapids uh, hoodie right here with the yes. old badge. Love that. <laughs> so I actually met him when I was 10. I, I coach at the same club as him. I actually coach in the youth club. He's in the academy at Rapids. So I see him around a lot. And this guy still is just the same jolly guy who played most of his career in this home state. Uh, he was such an important role model for the Rapids when they initially started in 1996 because he was like the only U.S. national team player in the side. And there was a style about him, things that pe- some, something that people loved about him that was that made him it, it made him the most sought after autograph. Right. So right before the season started. Families, people, fans were allowed to come onto the field. And just walk up to the players who were sitting in chairs and queue up to get autographs. I didn't get his autograph because the line was always about 50 to 100 deep. Instead, I just went to all the guys who were sitting there with a pen and absolutely nothing to do. And I didn't know who they were. So Balboa, I've since seen him a lot on the fields. Um, He commentates. He's the co-commentator for the Rapids sort of local uh, programming. So if you ever want to hear him, I don't know how you would. But I'm sure there's a brilliant way. guy. Cheap. 94 World Cup, I think, is the the image we all have, that big jersey with the stripes and everything, and, and him and Alexi Lawless, you know, just being these cavalier defenders for the U.S., something iconic about him that I just felt it's close to home, wanted to, wanted to include him. I love that. I mean, his look for the World Cup, big mustache, mullet, iconic. Yeah, can I can I also say is your is your theme something to do with hair? Boom! (laughs) (laughs) I thought after the second one, I'll be totally honest. Too early to go. I had not got that so far. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So now that you know, 
now that you know every single name from here on out, if you think of a bald guy, you're wrong. Right? Anyone who oh, Zidane, bald, man. basic regular hair is not in. Yeah, no Zidane. I'm sorry. My favorite player of all time, but I could not include him. We're getting taken down by some uh, bold support groups here now, aren't we? <laughs> Especially well, with your hair as well. I will preface this. <laughs> yeah, these are definitely not the best 11 footballers I could think of. Absolutely <laughs> not. It's... I mean, this back line is porous at best. I'm, I'm, you know, we're going to round it off here with the right center back. You'll see what I mean. It's none other than Portuguese legend Abel Xavier. Nice. One of the only now players known as to ever Faisal, play. For... By the way, oh, I didn't know that. One of the only players to ever play yep. for Liverpool and Everton. Correct. Benfica, PSV Eindhoven, Everton, then to Liverpool, Galatasaray, Hanover, Roma, Middlesbrough, and then finished it with two seasons with the LA Galaxy. I think it was two. I mean, if you um, Google Abel Xavier, the first thing that comes up is Abel Xavier hair. Yep. His hair at Hanover <laughs> was something special, though, wasn't it? <laughs> that one in particular was... Uh... Well, I seem to I recall. just gotta hand it to guys like him and Taribo West to 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 keep up with the color. I mean, I know they're going to a salon and having this done, but you gotta. I mean, they never had a day where they didn't look on point with the color. I just guess he decided to be a devout Muslim and changed his name from Abel to Faisal. That's something I read. I'm not 100 percent sure if that's true, but I remember him most for his ultimate. Well, not just his, but the entire Portuguese side's complete denial of reality after he handball after he had a handball on the goal line that stopped Sylvan Wiltord from scoring in the semifinal of Euro 2000. It was so obvious that it happened, and the entire Portuguese team surrounded the referee for about five minutes as if he had literally made up the decision or if the hand of God had been seen. And Zidane smashes the penalty in the upper corner, uh, and off off Portugal go. But it was I remember watching that match and and seeing the replay after the first moment and being like, "What are they doing? How can they go for five minutes? I mean, these guys they they are they will take this to the grave. That was not a handball, and you can just see it. So I always thought that was great. Just the really the shithousery of of completely denying something yeah. that. It's so I mean, easy to prove. It's something you can't do now because of VAR. It, we miss out on the world of deniable plausibility for football players because now you can see it in clear as day. The, the referee yeah, can go and still, watch it on a screen. But it, they still do, though, don't they? They still in the do fact it. that, like, they still yeah. like they, they'll give it like, even after that. looking at VAR for like two minutes, and they'll still be arguing with him. There'll still be like three or four players around him. He's just like, just give up. I think what you witness with a lot of players is the five stages of grief happening like all in like, real time a minute <laughs> after one decision is gone. Like, the, you know, there's the anger, there's the denial, there's the bargaining, there's the depression. And then, you know what I mean? It's the whole entire gamut. And yeah, so that's that's my back line. Fantastic. Well, not fantastic, but the, the haircuts are brilliant. <laughs> you got to feel yeah, no, for the barber the, the back of this line, team. Like I said, it's porous. We're conceding goals, but once you hear my midfield and, and front line, we're winning games 7-6. We're winning right. games 9-7. That's, that's <laughs> Okay, that's confidence. Confidence, I like it. Take us there. Let's go. Midfield. <laughs> all right. In midfield, I have to have one of my favorite holding midfielders of all time. Now, Claude Makalele and N'Golo Kante are actually my favorite too, but you, we all see the problem with that. So yeah. I had to go with Edgar Davids. Yeah. For anyone who needs a piece of nostalgia, because he he's been yeah he's he's been spoken about. I think the fact that he finished his career at Palace and then Barnet, well Spurs Palace Barnet, I think that's already good enough. Yeah, and he wore the number one at Barnet as well. That's right. (laughs) It's crazy. So I actually look back to two thousand. If you look back around then, the Nike commercials that were coming out that he was starring in all the time were brilliant. And there's one where he's sort of like juggling like this skull looking thing. And 
there's a bunch of like ninja assassin guys trying to steal the ball from all these Nike sponsored players. <laughs> really good commercial. I would highly recommend you go check it out. You don't do and football commercials the same as it did back then. You got me saying commercials. Sorry, British listeners, adverts. The <laughs> adverts. <laughs> so when like the old school ones, like I watched one the other day of the Brazilian national team playing football in an airport. Or there's the old school oh, uh, remember that one. Portugal versus Brazil one, where Kalina takes out Ronaldo at the, uh, Ronaldinho at the end. And then this is the this is a very niche one, <laughs> Sebastian. I'm sure you I'm sure you'll recognise this one, George. I'm sure you will too. The old Pepsi advert where they had all of the footballers yeah. like Beckham, Totti, Ronaldinho dressed as mm. gladiators for no reason whatsoever to advertise yeah. Pepsi. The, pep- the Pepsi ones were crazy because the Pepsi ones had a lot of um, David Beckham in them, didn't they? Yeah. And there was the one of him just kicking a load of footballs into bins on a yeah. beach in Miami somewhere, I think it was. It's just remember. so random. Oh, I love I, They don't do football adverts like that anymore. They don't. But yeah, Edgar Davids, I'd... back on to Big Edgar. Yeah, go on. We love Edgar Davids. Well, the best is the cage. The best commercial ever is the cage to me with Cantona and all the Nike players. I mean, that yeah. one, that one is yeah. next level. My yeah. dream is to bring the cage to Burning Man. I'll tell you guys that right now. That is my dream. If I can do that, <laughs> I, life would be great. Life would be Cantona great. Cantona have to come with it. If that could happen, that I, I would probably just end my life at the end of the week because where do you go from there? If any player was going to get in a cage in Burning Man, it would definitely be Eric Cantona. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of French people at Burning Man, trust me. Have you seen, just a quick sidetrack, uh, current current news, have you seen the video of Eric Cantona going down a slide in Quebec Airport? I have not. No. This... He, he put it on Twitter today. It's fantastic. Uh, if you do anything today, oh, listeners, goodness. go and check out the video of Eric Cantona sliding down a slide. Gets out the slide, fist pumps, walks off into the airport, loves it. <laughs> you you wouldn't dare laugh people, at him going down that slide, though, just... would you? Oh no, absolutely not. I'd fist bump him at the end, though. Oh yeah, brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd go down with him. <laughs> Arms around the waist. Let's go, Eric. <laughs> yeah, back to Edgar. Uh, well, yeah, I mean. The guy with the glasses, one of the only players I've ever seen in my entire life to play most of his career with glycoma and glasses. So that was another piece of it. But yeah, the dreads, the hair. He beats out Clarence Sadorf because he actually kept the hair long his whole career. Sadorf chopped yeah. it off at one point. So that's yeah. why he goes. I like it. I like it. So I I will say I, I, the, the shape of the midfield is a diamond, right? So we've got Davids at the six. We'll play with two eights and a ten. Um Starting with my first eight, Emmanuel Petit. Yeah. So part of that Arsene Wenger revolution, right? Came from Monaco and then went to Barcelona, spent a season at Chelsea and then retired. But he scored the the third goal in the 98 World Cup for France in the final. And uh, yeah, just a brilliant player. Just a classy looking guy. Big, strong in the midfield. Unfortunately, he doesn't really have that big of a highlight reel, but still, yeah, he was sort of, still he was sort of understated in his there. play, really, wasn't he? Obviously, when the, the goal that he scored up most iconically, like you said, was the the one in the ninety eight World Cup. But you know, he's not like you said the highlight reel is probably just because he does a lot of the understated work that you don't look at, especially back then when highlight reels weren't really a thing. So unless you did something really noticeable, you probably weren't getting on a many, many highlight reels. Exactly, exactly. I mean, this is the thing about a sort of holding slash central midfielder that kind of mops up, really. I mean, it was him and Patrick Vieira sort of just demolishing everything in there and then feeding Pires and Henri and Bergkamp and Overmars and all these players. So what an amazing team that was. And uh, just one more French player that... uh, One of the early ones, but one of the very many that Arsene Wenger brought in that period of time. Quite the Renaissance I'd, of Arsenal. I'd go as far to say as well that like I would have that Arsenal team challenge with the City and Liverpool teams of this year, even though they are incredible. But I think it's because like we've also talked about it, we love nostalgia. And that team when we were young was just insane. Like watching that team, hating that yeah. team, I might add as well. But like <laughs> you can't you can't fault them. 
So good. Well, there's not very many teams that have made me jealous in my life, and that was the first mm. team that I was like, because oh, I'm a Chelsea fan, and I and I just, you know, I'm like, you know, 13, 14 years old watching this team with all these, but, but my mother's French, my father's English, right? So there's a lot of allegiances here. Arsenal, full of French players who had won the World Cup and the Euros, they were idols to me. But I'm a Chelsea fan, and I was like, oh, I wish they were just wearing blue and had the auto glass label. Just get it over with. Fly well, at least he came <laughs> over in the end. Yes, it's true. Actually, there was a fair few players that kind of did that. They sort of just went across London after leaving for Barcelona or something. Just came back. Yeah, just came back. Popped in one I've year still got my flat in London. I fancy another season. <laughs> in true nostalgia FC fashion. living in it, you're out. Yeah, get booted. I'm coming back. So in true nostalgia FC fashion, we're going to uh, ignore everything about football and come up with a very, very fun little anecdote. You ready, George? This is more for you, George, because you might know what it is, Sebastian, but I don't know if you would. So uh, there is a British police show called The Bill, or there was, called The Bill. Very famous, very popular in the UK. Mm. And in 1998, in the Christmas special, Emmanuel Petit starred as himself in the episode of The Bill. Really? What was he doing? No idea. Maybe he's a a secondary career? (laughs) (laughs) You know, Frank LaBeouf became an actor. We different things. I mean, you know, Vinnie Jones did it. Maybe Emmanuel's like, I can do that. Eric Cantona did it. I've watched a a French drama with Eric Cantona in it. He's very good. Yeah, I saw one a few years ago as well. It was, what was that movie? Yeah. And he lives his oh, life. Oh, no, I watched, I think it was a show where he, he was like, he had he came out of jail. Yeah, and he holds the people hostage. long ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, was, that was incredible, actually. I thought he was I really should, good, too. Yeah, I should point out, uh, you have a French mother, I have a French wife. There you go, French connection. Oh, nice. There we I go. I have none. <laughs> You've got a mum. She's not French, but. What the, no, no, no! I haven't got any French people in my. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So All right. shall we continue to the next? Eight? We should probably continue. Yes. All right. Um, Pavel Nedved. Oh, come one of on! One my then. favorite players of all time. Three hundred eighty-five appearances for Lazio and Juve, and I mean, this guy was such a fun player to watch. I believe deep down in my heart, the Czech Republic. Would have won Euro 2004 if the Greeks hadn't gone out and mafia style hacked him down from the very early part of the game. <laughs> Believe me, I watched Good that tactics. match. It was so obvious they targeted him. And once he was not in the side anymore, it was more of an even match. Greece ended up pulling off one of the most grotesque but impressive um, upsets in international football history. But Pavel Nedved, that tournament was absolutely on fire and just such a fun player to watch. A guy that it looked like he probably couldn't see, right? Similar to Puyol, yeah. the hair was always somewhere around there. But brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And, and I'd say one of those guys that is a symbol of when Syria A was at its peak. Yeah, absolutely. Just, imp- oh, yeah, such, yeah. A, such a symbol for that time. I think as well, he's a fully yeah. underrated player from that um Syria like era because you've got you've got all the names that you do talk about but he isn't quite in there and I'd say he was one of the better players in the league at the time or even just in the world I swear he came oh, he, third one year for the Ballon d'Or right no he won it 2003 he won the Ballon d'Or oh did he win it yeah, won it in 2003 he did 2003 right, I mean we love Pablo so yeah, love Pavel Nedved. Uh, I believe his, the there's one current sportsman who has whose hair reminds me, and that is UFC Modric. Patty Plimblet. Oh, Pimblet. No. <laughs> Patty Pimblet, baby. Patty the Batty. Pavel what the body? What same a man. look? <laughs> Pavel the Batty. <laughs> Very different skill sets. Indeed. Okay. I, I imagine different diets too, because part of the body's diet is mental. Yeah, like he puts I've on heard. 
I've heard a stupid amount of weight after fights, isn't he? Just eats pizza at the. Looks like uh, me between fights. The posho. It's crazy. <laughs> right, let's move forward. Have you got a sentence? Right. Is it, are we going cam? We've got the ten, yeah, and it's my favorite passer of the ball of all time, Carlos Valderrama. So Carlos Valderrama comes from that same team that Rene Higuita is from that Colombian team that was so brilliant. Um, this is a proper footballer. He actually also finished his career at Colorado Rapids. So, And I actually got to see him play once when he was 39, I think. And wow. he couldn't move, but he was brilliant. He never lost the ball. And anytime he got a chance to look up and send someone through, everything was just on a platter. I'd never seen anything like this. I mean, he could not move. He was just done running at this point. But he was outstanding. He, uh, he got brought into the MLS for Tampa Bay Mutiny when the league first started. This is one of the clubs that actually folded about a couple years into the league. And funny enough, buddies with Rene Higuita. I don't know if it's the hair that connected them, but Higuita actually sort of requested that Real Valladolid sign him. So he actually went and played in Spain in 1992 for just a season. The only other European team he played for was Montpellier in France. And yeah. if you want to find the biggest statue of Carlos Valderrama that exists, it is in Santa Marta in Colombia. Um, and it's a big sort of metal statue. And the hair, they sort of oranged, blonded his hair. It's brilliant. You what, they just rusted it? <laughs> rusted it. I, I, Left that I guess in the sun. that they probably could have done that. But it does look like they kind of yellow, oranged it up a little bit, you know? And there's this photo of it. Yeah, there's this big enough. statue of him right out front of the stadium in Santa Marta. So if you guys, anyone wants to look up that photo, I actually have a photo of myself in front of it. And awesome. the guy who nice. was taking the picture for me was trying to make me do the same pose of him kicking a ball, but he didn't explain. He was like, pick your arm up like this, pick your arm up. And I'm like, what are you asking me to do? So I have a Leave bunch of photos <laughs> in front of this with a confused look on my face, lifting my arms, turning my head as the guy's trying. And, and then I turn around, I'm like, Oh, that's what he wanted. He wanted me to act like I'm kicking a ball. Well, say that. Well, God. Yeah, I was going to so say this. You could have just been like, just do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead, he's like, no, no, no. Brazo izquierdo, un poco arriba. I'm like, like this? And then, yeah, it was a hilarious moment. My mom was on hand watching going, I don't, what are this, what's going, what, what's going on? What yeah, is that so, <laughs> Yeah. Fun little, uh, fun little experience. But if Love anyone that. goes to Colombia, go to Santa Marta go and see Carlos Valderrama's statue. And and this has to probably be the best hair in the team, I I, I would think. Yeah, yeah. it's going to take some time, I would say so, it? 100%. Well, it sort of looks um, a bit like Abel Xavier with a perm. <laughs> like four years of growth as well, though. Like, really? Yeah, before we do, and Drew, this, this is mainly for you, but... Um, so, Ashton, if you've listened to any of the episodes where we mentioned this, uh, Drew, you probably know what's coming. Oh, I know what's coming. He was named in Pele's 125 greatest players we did it. in the world. We got one. <laughs> well, that's good. Which is the most important it. list in the world, clearly. I mean, I, I would recommend anyone who's never really seen uh, clips of Valderrama. It's like, go back and look at what this guy, how he played in the early 90s. He was absolutely fantastic yeah that's um, a 10 right there so physically capable and and his touch on the ball and his passing ability he's just an amazing player to watch yeah absolutely mm. he's one of those players where like points. he gets lost to the modern generation because again unless you're searching for the highlights you're probably not going to see much of him which is a shame but yeah i mean a, a walking highlight definitely a highlight reel on legs very fun stat i really enjoy this uh, for the Colombian national team, 111 appearances, 11 goals. 1-1-1-1-1. One, 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 one. Very good. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's move forward. How binary is that? Wow. Yeah. Um, He's in the Matrix. Okay, so I, I've given you a midfield that, that you know that's pretty solid, right? This is a high-quality midfield. Now we're going to get into the guys that score goals. Roberto Baggio. I'll place him on the left wing. Um, now, this is we've one of never had heroes. Roberto Baggio on here before. 
Really? Yeah. I love this is one of my shit. first real heroes. One of my the first players that I was just like enamored with. I I actually owned a, when I was fourteen. I, I owned a pair of Diodora Mars. They were the ones the cleats he wore, and I bought them specifically because they were the Baggio shoe. Uh. Unfortunately for him, he's remembered for a one missed penalty almost more than anything else. Yeah. What I think is good is that not many people have spoken about Il Codo Divino, the movie that came out a couple years ago. I started it and lasted about five minutes because of how cringe it was. One of my friends did last through the whole thing and recommended I never waste the hour and a half of my life. So I, But I do want to try at some point, because it is Roberto Baggio. Is that the Netflix one? Yeah. Yeah, because the, the English name of it, and I don't know if it's the correct translation, is The Divine Ponytail. And that's Il Codo di... Oh, il, or is it in, in Italian, it's Il Codino Divino or something like that, or Il Codo Divino, something like that. It, is that. Is that like the correct translation then? Yeah, that's the direct, it's The Divine Ponytail, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's better than the Pog film, isn't it? Such a bad name. <laughs> I think it's funny, too, because he kind of had, like, he was rocking sort of, like, the short sides, you know, with, like, this, like, kind of thin sort of braided ponytail. It, it was not, this is not Emmanuel Petit or Marcelo Balboa-style ponytail. This is a little bit more, you know, Italian, Refined. I guess. Well the, well, the thing is with him as well is you you look at him front on and you're just like, oh, it's it's someone with a short haircut. And he turns around and this ponytail is just out of nowhere, like completely yep. out of nowhere. But he's business in the weird. front and party in the back. That's the definition. Exactly of what I was going to say. He's the yeah. Billy Ray Cyrus of of Syria. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, and you he said, said you want him in this team to he score He never goals. played outside of Italy. No. I was going to say, you want him in this team to score goals, and score goals he did. 220 yeah. goals in 490 appearances in the league. And his return for Italy, 27 in 56 appearances, is insane. Yeah. And so it's incredible, that record like that, all you have to do is miss a penalty in a World Cup final, or the decisive one, and it just eats up so much of the narrative of who you were as a player. I find that yeah. fascinating. Especially if you do it quite far into your career, like you don't have much time to like get it back on such a big stage. Yep, exactly. Like, I um, I think we should all watch the Divine Ponytail at some point in the next few weeks and give a review on it. <laughs> Why we, we just we a one a, Netflix a party. one sentence review? We'll do the first yeah, ever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Nostalgia FC watch along. Nostalgia FC <laughs> Film Club and watch fun. all the terrible films made about football players. We'll do that. We'll do the Pogba film. That'd be great. I'm the not watching that Pogumentary. <laughs> I'm not watching it. Right. So, Roberto Baggio, okay, we love let's him. Go to my, let's go to the nine. Let's go to the center forward. Let's go. So, this is a player who actually did cut his hair in 1994 to be able to go to the World Cup. And this is Gabriel Batistuta. Now, Fernando Redondo was supposed to be in that squad. He refused to cut his hair, so he was not brought to the World Cup. Batistuta gave it a little bit of a trim, but we all know what we loved about this guy. The power, the finishing, the, the celebration where he's just roaring all the time, and that hair just kind of always adding to the intensity. Uh, well, he signed for Newell's Old Boys uh, from Buenos Aires, uh, and funny enough, his coach at the time, the, the guy who brought him into the first team, Marcelo Bielsa. Yes. Uh, he played a year at River, uh, went to Boca, won another title there. His coach at Boca, the late, great Oscar Tavares, the, the uh, well, late, great coach. I, mean, I, I don't know. If, actually, I, I just said that. I don't know if he's actually dead or not. I just know he's not <laughs> coach of Uruguay, which he was for like 30 years. <laughs> He sat somewhere going, "Oh, oops! You hear the first, folks? If he if he does die in like <laughs> mysterious circumstances in the next few weeks, we have to we're gonna have to report you." I know. And I mean, I, I just I, I wanted to round out the coaches thing because it is interesting, right? He had Bielsa first, then Tabarez. These are all legends, yeah. and then he goes to Fiorentina, where he becomes like you know this calcio legend. 
wins the 1993-94 Serie B title under who? Claudio Ranieri. Oh, now yes. people said that Ranieri had never actually won a league title. He had, but it was it was in the second division. So I think that's just a funny thing. It's like he's got this legendary player. His starts sort of in three different places that yielded success were with these managers that we still know of today and are still kind of hanging around and have themselves become sort of cult figures. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Love that. I mean, one thing I always think about with Batasita is the, the Nintendo Fiorentina kit. Oh, oh thing yeah. of beauty. Wish I Thing had that one. It's just one of them, like, you see a player you know? synonymous with the kit, you know? There's a lot of choices. The, the Lazio kit behind me is a really good one. and But no, yeah, yeah like that, that one. There was also Roma. Roma had kits that were, every Roma kit pretty much is amazing. I love Roma kits so much. Yeah. They're my favorite kits in the world. Yeah, definitely up there. Yeah. Mm. And I mean, this guy's goal scoring record, Batty Goal. As he, is, as he was known, his record was completely ridiculous. Just well, insane. Yeah, 248 and 444 games. And then his Argentina record as well. Where, oh, God, yes. Yeah, so that's 56 goals in 78 games. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and only 78 appearances. Like, how? Right? Yeah. You would have expected more from a player that was that good. Yeah, how do you not get the century? It's just ridiculous. Insane. Maybe Insane. maybe injuries. That's one thing I, I just don't remember. But I he was another one of those players that is, I think, like Nedved. He just has that cachet as being like, this was Syria. Like, if you do your, uh, you know, best 11 of Syria in the 80s and 90s, it, it's it's hard to imagine Batistuta would not be in the conversation. I'm completely with you. Nice, nice little fact to round out Batistita. He had decided to retire to Australia. He, li- he now lives in Australia. How nice for him. Oh, nice. Good for him. Where does he live? Uh, which which city? Which part uh, he lives in Perth, I think. Oh, of course he does. I was going to say, he's, you know, he's going to get himself way out west. Just hang out by the beach. Nice, quiet area. He lives in. Yeah, Perth, Western Australia. All right. Final player. Go for it. My favorite Brazilian and probably my top three players, favorite players of all time is Ronaldinho. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, there's not a lot. There's not a lot to say about Ronaldinho aside from saying a whole lot of stuff about Ronaldinho because he's just so brilliant <laughs> yeah. and has so many moments. Right. What I love about this guy is he actually all his hair did was just get longer his whole career. So when you see him when he's like 18 in Brazil and stuff, shaved head, right? Gets to PSG, he's got a little bit of a fro going. And in there, the the wavy sort of jerry curls, you know, the sort of Lionel Richie look that he had going on at PSG really came through. Then he goes to Barcelona, beefs up, braids, and that's Ronaldinho until to this day. Even when he gets arrested in, uh, what was it, Paraguay or Paraguay. Argentina? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, his Paraguay was because he had a fake Paraguay passport. Yeah, which I never understand. I mean, look, why would, surely they recognize him. He's not going to go like, "Oh yeah, I'm not Ronaldinho." It's like you're very clearly Ronaldinho. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Paraguay. We've seen you play over a hundred times for Brazil. You're not from Paraguay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. When he couldn't even cut his hair to to hide. I mean, that guy's mouth alone is just. Like unique, yeah. Yes, my unique. my um, I remember a quote from my dad, and this always sticks with me. It was like he can eat an apple through a tennis racket, <laughs> <laughs> which is just <laughs> wow. That's actually that's a name of one creative. of our episodes. That is creative. Is it? Is, is it? Is it because of him as well? Uh, it's from uh, oh, so Mark funny. Quilter said that on the pod. So it must be a thing from that generation. So funny. Well, and I will say about Ronaldinho, this is one of the things that kind of sort of on a personal side always made me kind of like him just that little bit more. Is it, my father, though, being English, is really not a fan of football. Like, not really. He's a golfer. Um, you know, English boy, 
who went to boarding school and just did all sports, right? And then, you know, liked football, but never really ever paid attention. And in 2002, when Brazil won the World Cup in Japan and Korea, he actually watched the uh, final with me. And he was like, this guy is brilliant. He's like, I don't think I've ever seen a player that plays like this. Now, my dad hadn't watched football since... Uh, I think Jimmy Greaves was rolling in the ball in the net for Chelsea back in wow. God knows what year. Um, but but he saw Ronaldinho and saw something he'd never seen before. And I I always kind of liked that because I've never really watched much football with my father. But the, one of the few times that I watched a full match with him was that game. And he was like, this guy, this is the guy. So... He's just so he's so easy and so good to watch. And what what's amazing? I don't know if you two saw this. He played in a charity game recently. Yeah, he hosted, in, didn't he? Yeah, but do, have you seen the highlights of him from that game? I don't know. I don't know how old no, he is. No, I didn't. Yeah, he did. Do that. I haven't good. seen it yet. Yeah, he's still really good. Like he, there's a there's a point in the game where he just megs someone, turns around, and laughs at them. <laughs> it's just. I mean, they're all walking half speed in that game. That's a dream. That's a dream. I would love to get megged and laughed at by Ronaldinho. That would be awesome. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's claimed to just fame, walking right, on the pitch it? with your legs wide open, like I hope you don't do it. Or you can be the guy who was in that five-a-side match in London who megged Kaká. I think it yeah. was London. Now, if you're yeah, that yeah. guy, the highlight from that yeah, for me yeah, was when Kaká has got the ball and the guy is screaming at him, going Kaká, 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 and then he absolutely smashes it top bins. The guy's like, "Yeah, fair enough." <laughs> very good all right well there's your first 11 have you got a super sub for us yeah i couldn't decide between two players look carlos carlos puyol was sort of at the front of my mind but i decided you know what i'm just going to keep him in the in, in sort of the reserves and off yeah, the bench yeah. i'm bringing henrik larsen yes Oh, yeah, he's he's awesome, just awesome. And another guy who start who actually, so he started his career with these really long, amazing dreads, and then just after I think it was after he broke his leg or something, shaved it. But it's vintage Henrik Larson that to me is like I know that a lot of his career he was playing with shaved head, but it's the vintage Henrik Larson that I just just love that, just love those yeah, I- those braids, the style. Diving headers all over the place. Yeah, I love it. Well, that's that's what's good about this podcast as well, is you can pick a player from a certain time as well. We've had that a lot. Um, so in your case, you're picking Henrik Larson from when he had his dreads. Was it dreads yeah, or braids? Yeah, dreads, it was yeah. definitely dreads. Yeah. It's when he first came over from Sweden, isn't it, to play for Celtic. And he was wearing like, it seemed like in like the early 2000s, a lot of clerk, like if he had an Umbro shirt, it just seemed to be massively baggy on everyone. I don't know why they designed yeah. them that way, but they definitely just, they seem massive on all the players. So Henrik Larson, like a massive long shirt that when you lift your arms up, it looks like he's got like a uh, squirrel suit on <laughs> running on the side of the pitch. Oh, yeah. scored. <laughs> if he jumped, he could fly into the crowd. I mean, look at Shevchenko here. Look at this kid on Shevchenko. Yeah, see, same thing. It's, it's like long, baggy. It's not fitted like they are today. Not, not in the slightest. It's pretty, pretty, Imagine how quick the players pretty, would be back then if they had shirts that didn't hold them back like a parachute. <laughs> I know. Which actually, I will say, if we're gonna we're gonna talk about it's uh, coach kit and stadium, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this is the kit. Oh so yes, this is the kappa, stretchy. This is the from uh, Euro 2000. This is the Italy kit, but Roma were very much um, known for wearing this kit. Werder Bremen, I think they also had it. The Rapids had that one for a year. This, this shirt is, it was the beginning of the end of the baggy. Like that was it. That was yeah. like, I mean, they, they were fitted with this, the, the little collar. Yeah. yeah. There's so, no room to hide in them. Third one for you, and very close to our hearts. A, another team that had tight-fitted Kappa shirts was our beloved Wales. Yeah. We had those same yeah. shirts. Yeah. The honourable mention is, was the, the US those... kit with the stars and stripes. That is my that is my second 
yeah, I know that that one's on a lot of like ugliest kit in the world lists, but here in this country, everyone loves that one. Like yeah. everyone looks back at that and goes, man, that well, one's just so cool looking. It's the most patriotic kit you'll ever see yeah. in your life. <laughs> It would be yeah. it would be like the equivalent of Wales walking out with a massive dragon. Which why the, don't we do? That's chest. that's what we should do. <laughs> be- because it probably would be ugly, but we would absolutely love it. Wait, look at thing. me! Look at me right now. Do I care about ugly shirts? No. <laughs> what about that 2002 yeah, uh, England kit nice that one. literally had King George's cross down the like right hand side of it? Oh, well, I can get yeah. the bin, of course. Right? You know, I mean, there's a lot of those. To be fair, so, if you mentioned the, any England the, kit, there we would have said to get in the bin. Yeah, no, I actually don't. I didn't. I don't have an England kit. I have England other things. I have like a a pullover and. But I, I the England not, lionesses kit always looks better than the men's. Yeah, and always wasn't that Dutch away shirt? Say, That's a bit odd. Yeah, yeah. That one, I will say this though the um, the best England kit for me is the grey one from Euro '96. Yeah, that That's is nice. Nostalgia for I'll me. give you that. Yeah. Oh, love that kit. Wish they'd bring it back. <laughs> all right, we're playing. This team is playing all of their home games in Istanbul at Galatasaray's Ali Semiyen Stadium, where there is a banner that says "Welcome to Hell" at the entrance. That's where that's where a team with this kind of hair and flair is playing. Hair and flair, come on, <laughs> that's got to be the team name. <laughs> <laughs> hair and flair FC. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Turkish stadiums are, are very well renowned for having a uh, hostile atmosphere, shall we say? Indeed. And yeah, it's a polite way of putting that it. That is a polite well. way of putting it. I mean, obviously, I have a great fondness of Turkish stadiums, especially in Istanbul, being a Liverpool fan. <laughs> I know this is a different one, but still, <laughs> I love, I love the city. Never been there. Probably never going to go there, but. Love the stadiums. So, so is that is the main manager, reason the banner that says "Welcome to Hell"? Uh, well, no, I, honestly, I, this one's a nostalgic one for me. I remember when Galatasaray <laughs> were actually really quite good in the early two thousands in the Champions League, and I remember AC Milan going there and just being taken to school. They lost, I think it was a two nil loss for AC Milan, and 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 it was just you know the orange, the vibe. There was something about. You could sense the atmosphere. It was next level. Uh, and the way that team was, especially in that time, I remember it was just one of those things that shocked me. Because to me, the most intense cauldron-looking stadium had always been the San Siro. In any game I saw, I was like, this is the this is the place. And then I saw them lose to Galatasaray, and I heard about the whole welcome to hell, Ali Sami, and I was like, this is it. This is the ground. If you want to... If you want something that's just, it just yeah, contains absolutely. a whole bunch of energy. I think they like Eastern European teams, like from anywhere in that sort of line for like Russia down to Turkey, like they just do like crowd pressure better than most of the places. Like yeah. it genuinely feels like you've entered a war zone when you get into a stadium like that. Like the, um, like the TIFOs they do are absolutely insane in Turkey. In fact, I, I seem to remember, it might not have been Galatasaray, or I can't remember if it was, but someone did one where the TIFO was an effigy of one of the opposition players. <laughs> I was like, okay, that's a bit intense there. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, I just being that guy just on the pitch, like, cool. <laughs> well, there's the also something just a little bit... More something I find interesting about, and this is it's very much there's a difference between the continent and then the UK. I think one of the rules for fans this season is there's no like no smoke bombs are even going to be allowed this season. So that image we saw of Richarlison picking up the smoke bomb, I and mean, that what photo of the season, maybe not going to happen. Now, but then you go no. across Europe, and it's just like, and I actually would prefer to see the smoke bombs again. That's nostalgia for me. I remember seeing. AC Milan scoring goal in the Champions League, and for the next ten minutes, you could barely see the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I mean one one thing I will say: it's already banned in most stadiums, yeah. and you still they see just, them they get them in the anyway. I'm I'm uh, a big big Wrexham fan, and if you go to the racecourse there, they they set them off like 
in the tiniest little stadium. They'll set them off in a league game that's like halfway through the season that doesn't mean too much, but they'll set them off. They took them to Wembley as well when we were at Wembley recently. They just took it through about five onto the pitch, even though we were losing. There's a lot about security in the British football stadiums that even though they're banned, you can just waltz in with them just in your pocket. Like, oh yeah, here we go. There's a flare. I mean, they're like this well, yeah, big. We, we know firsthand as well. You literally, They literally just open up a bag, look in, and then just go, yeah, yeah in you go. They're rubbish. Yeah. It's, yeah. I think I'm also glad to hear you're a Wrexham fan. I think that's great. Obviously, we here in the United States, I mean, I, you know, I'm keyed into football, but I think people here in the United States are like, wait, what? Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney bought a club in Wales? It's it's brilliant. Yeah, it's so Honestly, cool. from my perspective, you couldn't really ask for two better guys from Hollywood to come in to try and own a club. That There's a lot of crazy people in Hollywood. These two are two of the more grounded, sane, grounded. Yeah. comedic dudes. Like, if I, you're an I always sunny, I mean, I'm a huge Always Sunny fan. So, yes, I yeah, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is uh, like my my religion. Like I could watch it yeah. on repeat for the rest of my life and be happy. I just yeah. So like I don't, I'm not a Wrexham fan. I never fe- confessed to be a Wrexham fan. I follow them um, just because they're local. I like that. Um, I follow them just so I can take them out of George when they lose. Um, but <laughs> like. When I heard that, I was like, oh, maybe I should be a Wrexham fan because uh, I could maybe meet Rob McKelly that way. Well, it's so it's so funny because like me me and my dad have been season ticket holders now for, God, over over five years now. And um, when the announcement happened that they were buying the club, the season ticket uh, shares went up by about, I think it was something like over 100%. Anyway. So now they're worth a tenner. Um. Uh, and uh, it's it's just crazy and I think the shirt sales as well went up a ridiculous ridiculous amount especially in America yep it was sponsored by TikTok I know yeah it's crazy overnight a bunch of people were like oh okay what club can I support that's going to be cool you know and I think a lot of people don't even realize like they're not they're not in the Premier League like that's not you know that's not where it's going yeah you know I mean? it's that like, town is definitely way, not cool. way way far from it and uh i just yeah. love it because there's people who have decided to be Wrexham fans and they have no idea how they're going to watch a single match that's what george did too <laughs> pew 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 shots fired i cut uh not rising to that this is a uh ongoing uh <laughs> battle between um it's not a battle actually because i'm having a great time uh me calling George a glory seeker. It's fantastic. It's never fails to make me Even laugh. Even though it's well documented, I was a huge Wrexham fan before this takeover. I've just said I had a season ticket. I'm, I'm rising to it. I'm rising to it. Right, I'll put my fishing rod away. Right, so we've got the kit. We've got the stadium. Who is the manager? It's Ali Cisse, the current manager of Senegal. Probably the only manager to actually have that much hair. In yeah, true. Football. Now, I did think about out. having Zidane as my manager just for contrast's sake, but no, I, I'm I'm gonna keep consistency in the whole team. We're we're going with Alucise, who played for played actually in France and England his whole career. Didn't even really start yeah. out in in Senegal or anything. Lille, Sedan, PSG, Montpellier, and then Birmingham, Portsmouth, and then Nîmes. Um, interesting he was, career in terms he, of clubs. Yeah, absolutely. He is an absolute vibe on the side of the pitch. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. I mean, if you look what he's done this last year, Senegal manager winning the AFCON and then getting to the World Cup, beating Egypt both times. Unbelievable like amounts of pressure from the Senegalese FA. Like this is supposed to be their golden generation with Koulibaly, with Mendy, with Mane, like and obviously, with the golden generations, you have to achieve something. Otherwise, it's deemed as like a nothing generation. Like England in the early 2000s with their golden generation that didn't win anything. And now it's always remembered with a negative light. He had that pressure on him and he just, just breezed it. Doesn't even like, he never seems phased on the side. He's always arms folded, super chill, just watching on in his cardigan. Like, yeah, it's all good. Well, and he made it to prominence really with that Senegalese team in 2002. They went to the quarterfinal, but what they did was they beat France world champions 
in the opening match of the competition. And then everyone was like, wait, wait, who's this team? And that's where you had guys like El Juf come out. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it was, there was something kind of epic about that team. Um, and I was really butthurt about it. I mean, watching France go into that 2002 World Cup and just fall apart the way they did in Senegal. Yeah, I mean, like reigning, them, I think... reigning world champions, reigning European champions, and then nothing. So we'll we'll see, of course, if France do the exact same thing uh, and and continue the curse of the World Cup winner four years on, because now it's yeah. it's getting a little silly how consistent this has been. Yeah, absolutely. Different kettle of fish. Qatar for the win. It's going to happen. Yeah. Why oh not? God. <laughs> so that's that's it. That's that's the team. That's Heron uh, Heron Flair FC. I guess we decided that's that's got to be their name. Heron Flair FC. It's got to be. It can't. We can't. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's it's bags of hair, tons of flair. You can't can't deny it. I do think that after, even though you you said you hadn't guessed it after the first couple, I do think once we would have gotten past Abel Xavier, you would have been like, "There's something, something hairy going on here." Something's, something's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I absolutely thought Poyol was going to be in that defense as well. Yeah, but but how, I mean, really though, I mean, you got it's tough, right? I mean, he has to be an honorable mention, but yeah, I think uh, take a look at Marcel Balboa right now. He's got the same hair, and he's got this monster sort of grayish goatee coming in. Like he yes. looks the same, <laughs> just a little older, which I think is brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, that's. That's the group. Cool, right. So there are all your choices. A fantastic team of haircuts and skill and more haircuts. So we'll go through your your choices again to make sure you're happy. If you have any changes you want to make, uh, feel free to do so. Although I don't think you'll find many better haircuts in the world of football than the ones you've already chosen. So starting at the back, you went, in fact, start with the formation. You went for a 3-4-3. And at the back, we had legendary Rene Higuita in goal. Left centre-back was Trebo West. Centre-centre-back was Marcelo Balboa. And then right centre-back, Abel Xavier. Yeah, so moving on to the midfield, we've got your holding midfielder as Edgar Davids. Your two number eights as Emmanuel Petit and Pavel Nedved. And then as the cam, we've got Carlos Valderrama. And then to bang in all the goals, and they definitely will, Roberto Baggio, <laughs> Gabriel Batistuta and Ronaldinho. And off the bench, Henrik Larsson. Dreadlock edition. Yeah, if that's not terrifying enough, you've got Hen- Henrik Larsen coming off the bench. Uh, and managing this team, we have Ali Usise. They're going to be playing in the stadium of Ali Samien. Welcome to hell. Uh, and the kit is the beautiful Italy Euro kit from 2000. Uh, is it the white one? I actually, like- I actually would probably want to go with I think the white one's good because it's class with all the different hair colors and styles. But we talked about how big, yeah. we, big a fan we are of that the Roma colors from that era. So that would be, I'd say, the Roma color would be the away kit, and the white would be the home. That's kind of how we I have home and away. Nice. away home you, and you do that. Home and away is all yours. <laughs> and obviously, the team name. Sebastian hits with the team name one more time. Hair and Flair FC. Oh, yeah, let's go. <laughs> so that brings an end to our episode here with Sebastian. It's been great to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. So tell our listeners, where can we find you? Pretty simple. I can't fire football anywhere you get your podcasts. My name is Sebastian North, so you'll see that as the name underneath the name of the podcast. Post some videos on YouTube, pretty active on Instagram quite scared of the ccp stealing all of my data so i've yet to jump into tiktok that's still kind of a question i continue to ask myself but i haven't gotten there yet we'll see so definitely go check him out everyone thanks again for coming on sebastian it's been real fun bloody pleasure so there was sebastian giving us hair and flair fc i mean (laughs) when george makes a few videos for this you'll see that Sebastian is hair and flair himself also. Fantastic use yeah, absolutely. of, a, of a, absolutely. a strategy that we've not had before. I mean, we've spoken about haircuts a lot on this podcast, but never have a whole team centered around it. So I'm absolutely here for that. Yeah. If, if we had a little hot or not segment in there, they're all hot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you look at the haircuts, they're absolutely the hair, not. Not the, not the guys. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> all right. So thanks again for listening. It's great to finally get back having a guest on. Um, 
We're, yes, we've got 100%. some more guests in the pipeline. We're going to be getting more guests and, and more fun episodes coming your way. We can't wait. Um, it's, yeah, it's just great to have a guest back. It's great to connect with someone across the world, podcasting, bringing people together. Love that. Yeah, that was fun, man. So, yeah, remember to check us out on all the socials. Uh, we're going to have some fun videos coming up from this one, uh, mainly about haircuts, which is great. <laughs> so make sure you follow us on all our socials. George, what we got? We've got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Don't think there's any more. No, I think that's it. All at Nostalgia FC pod. Uh, and then we our email address, if you fancy giving us an email or asking to come on or giving us ideas, whatever you want to do, is nostalgiafcpod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. So don't forget, the whole month of August, until the end of the transfer window, we have our transfer game every day. Uh, we put on our Instagram stories a different player. And if you start now and get three right, you'll have the same amount right as George has had in the past three weeks. Okay, I was going to say, overall, I've got more than three. (laughs) No, it's a fun game. Definitely go check it out. Tell all your friends. Thanks for listening. Uh, We really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, We had a little hiatus there just while we went on a few little breaks. Had a little break from the the football and podcasting world. But now we're back. More podcasts, more guests, more football. Football's here. We're back. For the new season as well. Let's have it. Football season's back. We're going to talk about the ones from 20 years ago. Because that's what we do. (laughs) So, as always, uh, if you enjoyed that, give us a rating. uh, If you want to, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on whatever you listen to us, you can drop us a rating. It does help us boost our our listenership and get into the different algorithms. Uh, Shouts out to some new countries we've been listening to in. Vietnam, Kenya. Don't know how we've managed to get there, but thanks to you Vietnamese listeners and Kenyan listeners. Um, (laughs) There you go. As always, if you didn't like that team, uh, get your own podcast. Uh, (laughs) It's been great to be back on. I'm waffling because I just love the sound of my voice again. Let's leave. So that was Sebastian North, a.k.a. Campfire Football. Go check him out on Instagram. Uh, He does some great content. We're going to be jumping back on there soon with him um, to do some more collaborations together. Uh, Really knowledgeable dude. Loves his football. Go follow him. It's definitely worth it. But there he was, delivering Hair and Flair FC. And what a team it was. And what a team it was. Because I, what I want to do in the room that I'm in is what you've got behind you with all the shirts because I've got a, a vast collection of football shirts from over the years. Most of them don't fit me anymore, so it makes more sense to hang them on the wall. Um, but this is my spare bedroom and uh, it's, my wife is less enthusiastic about me decorating with football shirts. I know this is... Yeah, if you have a guest and they come round and they're just surrounded well, there's by guests your in my house downstairs kids. right now and I've had to move their bed out of the way so I can record. <laughs> I told them. I said, hey, you can stay, but you got to move on Friday night. I've got to record it. <laughs> Priorities. Love that.